Business is changing, and new marketing avenues are opening up every day. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show that brings you the innovators and trendsetters, taking us to a new age of marketing, media, and social business strategy. Welcome to Market Edge with Larry Weber. Get ready to hear perspectives on technology and integrated communications that will help you gain insight into the unique opportunities and challenges facing marketers and brands today. Now, please welcome our host, a globally known expert in PR and marketing, with more than three decades of experience and best-selling author, the host of Market Edge, Larry Weber. Hello, I'm Peter Pedromo, President of RacePoint Global. We're an integrated marketing communications agency headquartered in Boston with offices around the world. You usually hear the voice of Larry Weber, but moving forward, I'll be interviewing guests for the Market Edge podcast as well. Larry has established a solid following, and I'm really excited to be a part of this great program. Today, we're doing things a little differently than normal. Uh, Rather than doing a single one-on-one podcast, we're going to do a discussion centered around healthcare marketing. And I'm privileged to have guests today from Sharp Healthcare, a not-for-profit integrated regional healthcare delivery system located in San Diego. Sharp includes four acute care hospitals, three specialty hospitals, two affiliated medical groups, and a health plan, plus a full spectrum of other facilities and services. As San Diego's healthcare leader, Sharp has an unwavering commitment to excellence and passion for caring. They're at the forefront of Sharp's commitment to excellence is the Sharp Experience, a sweeping performance improvement initiative, which the uh, organization launched in 2001. Uh, The initiative has resulted in numerous advances in clinical outcomes, patient safety enhancements, and organizational and service improvements. Sharp operates 2,100 beds, has approximately 2,600 physicians on medical staffs, more than 1,000 physicians in affiliated medical groups, and more than 16,000 employees. Uh, So it's really a dynamic organization that I think is at the forefront of a changing industry uh, and I think would have very, very interesting points of view on some of the communications challenges, challenges facing that industry. With that said, I'd like to introduce my guests. Uh, the first is Diane Lofgren, a Senior Vice President of Marketing and Communications for Sharp Healthcare. As part of the executive leadership team, she leads, manages, and serves as the driving strategic and operational force be, uh, behind the marketing, advertising, PR, corporate communications, market research, and internet, intranet engagement for Sharp Healthcare and its related en- entities. She works collaboratively to capitalize on the Sharp experience to transform the healthcare experience for patients and their families affiliated physicians and colleagues. Sharp Healthcare is dedicated to creating a personal experience built on dignity, compassion, and respect, and by using clinical excellence and advanced technology to deliver the highest quality patient care. Diane has nearly 30 years of experience in branding, marketing, PR, corporate communications, digital and social media, issues and crisis management, and experience design. She's a proven leader in strategic planning and organizing communication systems that use best practices for effective results. She's the author of nine books and scores of magazine articles on personal and business relationships. She's led communications for numerous healthcare companies, including Kaiser Permanente, Catholic Health Initiatives, and Sharp Healthcare. It's really great to have you here, Diane. Thanks. Great to be here. And thanks for taking time out. I know we have two of your colleagues as well. Uh, John Sahomsky is Vice President of PR and Communications at Sharp Healthcare. Um, He joined Sharp in 2004 and oversees a team that's primarily responsible for media relations, corporate communications, special events, 
Community and Multicultural Relations, and Global Patient Services. John also serves on Sharp's Employee Wellness, Transportation, and Patient Safety Steering Committees. In addition uh, to managing Sharp's day-to-day internal and external communications, John's department produces the organization's annual Women's Health Conference, now in its 23rd year, and publishes a bi-monthly award-winning employee magazine entitled Experience Sharp. His team also coordinates emergency medical services for Americans traveling or living abroad. John, I would imagine, given uh, some of the current news cycle uh, that, that we're seeing, uh, particularly as it relates to West Africa, that uh, that last point must be really interesting to you today. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. We're keeping an eye on things and glad to be here. Fantastic. And last, we have uh, Kelly Faley, a Vice President of Digital Marketing at Sharp. She's been a healthcare marketing professional for more than 20 years and has been with Sharp since 1991. As Vice President of Digital Marketing, she's responsible for the business strategy and content for Sharp's websites, including www.sharp.com and www.sharpespanol.com and SharpNet, Sharp's Intranet. She leads the work group responsible for Sharp's patient portal. She's also responsible for the organization's consumer, physician, referral, and nursing triage call centers. That is a lot of work, Kelly. Thank you. Thanks for including me today. Well, it's great to have you all here. So this is going to be an in-depth conversation around the evolving healthcare industry and what role marketing is playing within, and our dialogue will cover a number of topics within marketing, so let's dive in. Uh, I'm going to start with a question for you, Diane. Um, With healthcare uh, moving into an age of consumerism, what are organizations doing to connect with and empower consumers? You know, I think today more than ever, consumers have more choice. And what they want is they want the same sort of delivery of service and the same kind of experience that they get from other consumer brands from healthcare. So they want ease and convenience. They want to be able to get things when they want it. They want us to meet their demands. They want to have choice. They want to know the insights of the organization. They want to be able to get information about the organization's quality metrics, about the physicians they're going to choose, and there's lots of ways they can do that. So I think their expectations are extremely high. And what organizations like Sharp Healthcare are trying to do is to make that information easy for them to get. So we're looking at everything from, you know, our website design to how we can um, build a brand journalism platform, how we can allow people to get the information they want quickly And then are there other places where Sharp can be represented so people can learn about our quality and how are we interfacing with those organizations so we can be represented? Just want to give you one quick example. Um, For example, for new moms at our Mary Birch Hospital for Women and Children, we're now creating a white-labeled app that will allow mothers not to get brochures and pamphlets, but to have an app where they can get information about their newborn and how they can be the best mom possible. And so wherever they are, they'll be able to go to their app and get information. And I think that's where healthcare is moving today. That's very interesting. Um, I would imagine, given that you work in a, a, a field that's more regulated than a typical consumer enterprise, that you know there's got to be a certain level of expertise here that probably exceeds what you'd be doing if you were in a traditional sort of retail environment. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, our, our first... Um, Priority is quality and safety, and then, of course, the experience we deliver. But we have to make sure that everything we're doing is going to get the very best outcomes for our patients. And so 
we have very high standards and we're making sure that, you know, we're keeping to those standards and that we're giving the right kind of training and that we're delivering the kind of experience people would want at every turn. And this includes quality and safety and how we treat one another. Terrific. And and I know that one of the things that we're seeing from the agency side is that um, organizations like yours are are starting to put social media listening centers into place. Uh, Why is that important? I'll just start and then I'll have others chime in. I think what's important is to make sure that our brand continues to be relevant to those who are looking for looking to us for information and for insights about their health, their health care. And so if we can be aware of what's trending in the media, if we can be aware of what consumers are talking about, what information they want today. And it's more about not what we want to say, but what consumers are interested in and what they need to live better lives. I'll hand that over to Kelly and John to see if they'd like to add in there. Uh, I'll, I'll jump in. Um, I think another piece is that, um, as you know, Diane talked a minute ago about the rise of consumerism and patients wanting choice, but part of that in healthcare means that patients know and want to take more responsibility for their own health. And the listening center is one way that we can stay connected to them as they are trying to do that, as well as giving them a great outlet and a place where they can come to get information that may help them and give them additional tools. And I'd also like to add that uh, a big component now is with the growth of social media that consumers are now directly involved in defining the brand. Uh, so the, the the service that we talk about, the quality that we talk about, and the other factors that we have in our marketing messaging really needs to match the experience that the consumers are having with us because if not, through social media, they will let them, their friends, and everyone else know that the, there's not a match there. So it's really incumbent on companies to really focus on those core services to um, so that their uh, actual performance in the marketplace matches with what they're having in their marketing messaging. Got it. Um, I'm going to break from script a second. George, were, were the sirens coming by my office? Were you getting a lot of background noise here? I guess not. So, did anyone else hear sirens? No. Right. No, but I'm hoping I'm hope George is still there. Yeah. Uh, so, today marketing and communications professionals have channels and platforms to tell their own story. How are healthcare organizations taking advantage of these? This is Diana. I'll start and then ask Kelly and John to to chime in. I think that one of the things that we're doing is being able to tell our own story, to give the media a place to go to be able to get information they need to tell a story about a healthcare topic. And so we want to make sure that through our news center that we'll be able to have the video, the infographics, the basis of a story that they need to be able then to meet their consumers or their listeners or viewers' needs or readership needs. And so the other thing we want to do is, you know, monitor what's being said about Sharp Healthcare on social sites. And I know other brands are doing this so we can be real time making comments, identifying any issues and taking care of anything that might come up in the moment so that our consumers will get the best experience and our patients will know that we're listening to them and that we're making changes accordingly. Yeah, we we actually have been able to uh, doing just what Diane says and 
in monitoring have been able to impact patients at the time of their visit. Uh, we've had cases where there may have been a long um, ER wait and the patient is on social media making comments. And we we see that, we immediately jump on it and send somebody um, from the hospital um, staff in to uh, get the patient a cup of coffee, explain what the wait time or anticipated time would be, and it just it helps to improve that experience and make the patient more of an evangelist for us once they um, have seen that kind of service. And I'd like to add that, you know, decision-making on the part of uh, consumers is largely emotional uh, as opposed to uh, logical. And what we try to do with our storytelling is make that that connection and connect to the emotions of the consumer watching our our commercials, hearing our, our radio advertising, and making that connection and hopefully helping them make that decision uh, on an emotional basis as well. So, uh, Kelly and John, you both touched on really interesting points, and I'd like to just explore those a little bit further. Uh, Kelly, I think you talked about a really good example of how healthcare companies are using social media channels to to affect or influence today's empowered consumer. Uh, And that was, I think, the ER example you gave is a terrific example of something that's working. Uh, Have you seen examples along the way of things that don't work in social and and where um, you need to sort of change course or or key learnings that you find from those? Well, I think that what's important is that um, as marketers, we have to think about what the patient wants and not what we want. Mm -hmm. And... uh, whether it's social media or print or any other uh, medium, the patient has so many choices and they're going to choose to uh, access and consume media that meets their needs. So where I've seen social media to have um, stumbled or people to have stumbled when using it is when it becomes very promotional um, or congratulatory in tone and message. Uh, you know, the, the, the patient's not at our site to hear about why we're great. The patient is at our social media channels because they want to know um, what's going on in the community or how they can improve their health or things they should watch for with their kids. Um, And so, you know, if we can target our messages to those uh, concerns that they have, the more engaged they're going to be with our brand. So if I'm hearing you correctly, authenticity and and really helpful information more than any other industry here is where it's critical. Yeah, and I um you know, I can only speak for the healthcare industry, um or to the healthcare industry. So I, I don't know if it's more important in our industry than others, but it is vitally important in, in healthcare. Uh patients want to trust their healthcare provider, and if we're just talking about ourselves and not what's interesting to them, that's going to erode that trust. That's fantastic. That's that's actually incredibly helpful input. Um, John, you had touched on the notion of storytelling in your last answer, and I know from the vantage point of working in an agency where I work with many types of clients across industries, you know, what we're seeing increasingly with storytelling is that it's got to be very short burst, highly visual and highly emotive. Uh, are you seeing the same kinds of implications in the healthcare industry, or is there certain uh, a certain approach to storytelling that you'd counsel? 
Well, what, what's been working great for us uh, over the, what, the past decade has been a documentary that we produce each year. It's, it's a large part of our advertising program where it's an unscripted look at the care that patients receive in our hospitals from our doctors. And it's really telling these very emotional stories and showing a patient you know, coming in from, a, from an ambulance from a car accident and how the team springs into action and takes care of the patient. And then you see the patient in recovery. And we're actually following real patients and telling the, the real story. And that's an instant connection uh, to the consumer audience at home because they see the caring doctor, they see the, the hurt patient making that recovery, and that, I think, does give them a good feeling that they can have a good feeling about SHARP and the care that they, that they place uh, for the patients and for their uh, staff members. And, and like you, I came up through the public relations channel, but uh, I imagine you're speaking about how a PR audience really sort of consumes information at this point in time, which is more like a lot of us would have in this industry thought that um, that was more conventional advertising years ago. Well, that, that program I just talked about was is, is a television advertising program that we have, but it's in the form of a documentary. Um, so it's a little different than a, a traditional uh, ad approach. Uh, but it's an actual uh, st- actual stories that we do tell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we actually uh, spend a lot of time talking about the fact that in, in uh, many uh, parts of uh, the consumer industry, uh, people's attention spans have just gotten shorter and shorter. And I'm sure you all have seen that uh, graphic that's gone around. Uh, I, I don't think it's actually true, but that goldfish have uh, higher attention <laughs> today. So I know, uh, you know, as a sidebar, what we're working toward is trying to address that shorter attention span and, and sort of the visual storytelling that we do for our clients every day. So, that's um, right. And this uh, is Diane. I'll just add in, I just wanted to add in that in addition to that documentary that's the length of a television show, we're also doing mini documentaries that might be, you know, a minute and a half, and it might be divided in a show with, you know, 30 seconds here and 30 seconds there, so that we can, we're learning to tell a story in a very short amount of time because we know that people want short videos. An interesting fact I learned lately is that one minute of online video is equal to 1.8 million written words, according to BrainShark. And so people want to see stories, and we like to consider ourselves a storytelling organization. Wow, I, I hadn't heard that 1.4 million figure. That's that's unbelievable. Uh, and I would imagine that you're optimizing for mobile devices as well. We are, although um, we are in working on how to do that even better. Um, you know, our website is not responsive now, but will be, um, and that's going to be really important as we've seen more and more of our patients are accessing our media, our website, every you know, every channel via their mobile device. So when we meet live, I'm going to ask you, uh, since you are a healthcare organization, to measure my attention span against that of a goldfish, and we're going to test whether or not that theory is true. Mm-hmm. Um, Excellent. Okay. <laughs> it's a, you know what? I think the goldfish will win in my case. So, um, so, so let's talk a little bit about brand journalism and how healthcare organizations should take advantage of storytelling. Can you speak a little bit about that, Diane? Sure, I'll start. I think it's the best time ever to be in communications and marketing because you can use storytelling to really reach people's emotions. And I think people, we would all agree, remember stories better than than anything. And even if we want to get a fact across, if we do it in a storytelling mode, 
we're able to get that information across better. So brand journalism allows us to tell our story, but tell it in a non-promotional way. And I think you need to use the same kind of guidelines that journalism uses, being transparent, setting out to educate, being credible, citing facts. Of course, you want to be entertaining. You can persuade, but you need to be truthful and really authentic. And so I think being able to tell our story, quote our experts, give facts, but do it in a way that people will remember it and engage and maybe use a patient testimony in there allows people to get into that information and then make decisions that are best for their own lives and their own health. That is excellent counsel. Uh, John, how do you see that playing out across the PR channel? Well, we're doing something um, that's fairly new for us where we're doing these mini video shoots of a doctor and we'll, we call them Ask the Expert. We'll have different topics about mental health or uh, uh, protection against skin cancer, whatever health topic. And it's just a short vignette where the, the doctor is giving that advice, uh, talking about how to be careful, how to take care of yourself. And we're pitching those out to the media so they could see. It covers two purposes. You have the, the information, the content there. Then also they can see, the, the the producer can see that, oh, this doctor would be a great uh, spokesperson to have on air, have in the studio in the morning. So we're killing a couple birds with, with one stone there, and we think that's going to be a, a real uh, uh, an interesting way to pitch a story. Uh, so it goes beyond you know the press release, the phone call, or the email. We're actually adding some uh, visual content uh, to the pitch. Yeah, we we see the, a similar trend in sort of how reporters are con, uh, and other audiences are consuming information. I, I'm curious, Kelly, in in your end of uh, the business, um, you're dealing with two, uh, you know, an English speaking website and and a Spanish speaking website. Do you see brand journalism expressed the same way across uh, those two spectrums? Yeah, that's interesting um, because what we see is that. Uh, the Spanish-speaking population, at least here in San Diego, um, engages much more in social media than they do in uh, with our websites. And uh, so the website has valuable information, but it's not the first place that they go. And so I think that that puts us even in better position, I mean, from a storytelling perspective, because the social media lends itself so well to that. Um, and it gives us the opportunity to really connect with those users in that form and in the place that they want to. You know, we've said several times already that patients or consumers have more choice now than ever, and we need to show up where they choose to be, and that is, you know, for the Hispanic or Spanish-speaking population here in, in San Diego, it appears to be in uh, on Facebook and um, somewhat on Twitter, but mostly on Facebook for us. Did you have empirical data ahead of time that illustrated those trends, or is that something you sort of uh, sort of figured out over time? Uh, a little bit of both. There is some. Uh, there was some data that we have seen over the last, I don't know, three five years that shows that the um, the Hispanic population is much more comfortable using their phones 
or their tablets as those have come out. Um, we have seen on our own websites that uh, the uh, Spanish language website has very little engagement around anything transactional, and yet the um, users will do transactions on their phone, and they're also eager to make phone calls. So our strategy is different. So when we're talking to the Spanish language population, we are uh, trying to connect with them from a story perspective through social media more and then pushing them towards uh, a more personal service on the phone. Whereas on the English-speaking population, they are very comfortable going into the regular website and completing whatever transactions that they are uh, needing to do. That's really interesting. Would you see a marketing strategy over time that might sort of bifurcate the way different uh, ethnic groups are approached so that if somebody is sort of more focused on mobile, do they need do you need to have a website for that particular group or would you always have the website and then sort of evolve your your strategy from there? Well, I think that if we ever, I, I would say that if we ever saw that um, the website was not bringing any um, value to that population, of course we would stop doing it. Because um, what we're wanting to do is what's going to be valuable valuable to our patients. And uh, it would not make sense for us to invest resources into something that they are saying is not um, bringing them any value. So I would absolutely say you should bifurcate. You should be targeting based on what it is that they want or are interested in, um, just like you would the content. You know, the uh, the person who speaks Spanish uh, may not be as interested in, you know, whatever the story is that the, the English population may be speaking, just like their health conditions tend to be different um, mm-hmm. because of diet and cultural issues. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes that makes perfect sense. Market Edge will return in just a moment. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Penguin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at InternetMarketingNinjas.com. When you started your business, you first listened to your professors. Now that your business is growing and gaining ground, you only seek out professionals. PPC Professionals, an industry leader for highly optimized search marketing campaigns with over 30 years of combined management experience. Our professional approach to every campaign helps you find every avenue of revenue so that you can not only stay ahead of your competitors, but get a return on your investment and increase your bottom line. PPC Professionals, personal, professional, PPC services. PPCProfessionals.com. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. 
Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. We're back with more Market Edge, bringing you the best and brightest voices in digital marketing, only on webmasterradio.fm. Once again, here's Larry Weber. And I'm privileged to have guests today from Sharp Healthcare, a not-for-profit integrated regional healthcare delivery system located in San Diego. Diane Lofgren, Kelly Faley, and John Sihomsky. So I'd like to jump to the topic of, of online new, newsrooms. Um, can you talk a little bit about online newsrooms and, and why you see those as important, Diane? The era of the long press release has gone away, and journalists, I believe, are wanting you know short pitches and then links to more information so they can decide if they want to do a story. We see an online newsroom as kind of a go-to source for health news and information, and it's really for consumers, patients, their families as well as physicians, employees, and, of course, the news media. So it's kind of a central communications headquarters where you can put press releases, fact sheets, press blogs, social media content, and you might also have not only in-house journalists but also commissioned outside contributors. So there could be third-party thought leaders and expert perspective. And I think there people will know to go, if I want this information – I'm going to go to this newsroom. It'll be trusted, hopefully authentic and balanced, real-time updates. And then if I want photos and graphics, it's going to be there too because we know that graphics um, and pictures are absorbed by the brain much more quickly than words are. So we want to be able to use all of those elements to create this go-to place. And I think that's what we're trying to do, have our website for one thing, but then a newsroom for quick information and information that is really news you can use today to better your health or for journalists to get a great story about healthcare. I think that's an incredibly progressive way to think about the news site, and uh, it really delivers, I think, on the promise that so many of us in the industry have talked about for so long. I know from our perspective that we're often challenged by clients to help them to, you know, cut the number of press releases by, you know, 70%, but triple the volume of coverage. And we've used tools like Twitter to start to engage um, sort of federated communities around key issues and and discussions. Uh, I know that we live in a world where reporters don't want to be pitched um, in the ways uh, that that traditionally have been uh, the outreach. Uh, It's much more through Twitter and it's much more through visual content and delivery of that content to them. Um, I'm wondering, John, if you see some of those same trends and how the online newsroom uh, would work within the context of those kinds of relationships. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. I just earlier this morning was going to follow up with a national network on a pitch that we have out there. And the um, 
voicemail message that the reporter had was, if you are a PR person with the pitch, your pitch will be deleted. Please email me. So, so I'll be following up with her again via email. So electronic is, is – digital is the way to go. And having something like a newsroom, we could have elements of that pitch on the newsroom and through, the, through email or through Twitter um, or even through Facebook – point reporters, consumers, anybody back there, as, as Diane was saying, having that as the resource and and communicating in different ways uh, with the media being so fragmented, you know, the the big race is on is how do you reach millennials and how do you reach uh, seniors? What's the best way to reach this audience, that audience? Because everything is so fragmented and people aren't reading the newspapers. So we have to find those consumers and reach them with the way they consume their media. And millennials don't do, uh, in general, a whole lot of reading. So what's the best way to reach them? They're on their, their phone constantly, so it's got to be a, a mobile solution. I, I think we see very many of the same things. Um, so what are some of the marketing issues that you're running into beyond what we've talked about today? You know, we've all heard that Twitter and Facebook are some some people's main news feed. So I think people are consuming a lot of information. They're not doing it the way that other generations perhaps did. So I think today getting the information out there in the way that people want it delivered to them is really important and to be relevant to different audiences. And a lot of what we're doing, and Kelly's team has done a lot of this, is research to identify which which method is going to reach a population. So we bring people in and we talk to them and then we do personas to really try to get a deeper dive into what various age groups and personality types are looking for. Would you add to that, Kelly? Yeah, we've been uh, interviewing patients one-on-one to understand how they are using a website or how they are interacting with a system um, for several years now. And as a result, you know, we've we've learned things like um, patients are going to a website to uh, get reassurance or learn more about what to expect if they're going to be hospitalized, they have a planned uh, surgery or something like that, for example, as opposed to looking for um, the website to tell them which hospital or which doctor they should go and use for that procedure. And that's been really eye-opening, but that's the sort of input that we get with that primary research. That's also the info, the source that we've had uh, or used to learn how to refine our social media strategy and to be able to provide content that is really actionable or interesting to the consumer. Uh, in addition, you know, we're also always looking at the stats so we can see what types of posts and what types of content get the most engagement. And then we tailor according to that. We're always going to have responsibility and need to talk about different programs or services or features of our, uh, our brand but we need to find a way that does it in a, in a way that resonates with that with that user and with the millennials that's online and it's in a very authentic way and it's using um social and it's not you know self promotional and it's um very targeted to what their current needs and issues are 
It's interesting because uh, many industries have the opportunity or flexibility to appeal to a certain demographic group so they can move their communication strategy and their distribution channel to reflect that particular demographic group. Um, in the healthcare industry, you are dealing with members and patients um, who, by definition, are going to be millennial and in the aging population. Is it difficult to reconcile uh, that varied population with a move towards social media, um, or how flexible do you have to be in, in your broader communications programming? I would, I guess, I would say that you know, despite how much we've talked about social media, um, we have to remember that the traditional media is not going away. And even the younger generation is still watching TV. They may not be watching the news, but they're still watching um, broadcast and, and being exposed to things. So it's not a one-size-fits-all even within the different cohorts. Um, so, you know, you, you, so you do have to continue to provide the information in multiple um, channels. So... But within that, then you may also need to then target the content differently depending on who it is you're talking to. And I wouldn't discount the uh, older populations uh, from using the social media either. We see that um, seniors is one of the areas of biggest growth on Facebook, and um, they are actually have adopted online tools very well, we've seen here. Um, so, and, and of course, the, the boomers are not having any issue at all. They've been on Facebook for a long time. So it's, um, you know, there's still a lot of opportunity regardless of which age cohort you're looking at. Discount word of mouth, and that's why Sharp Healthcare is focused so much on the Sharp experience of how we treat people, how we get them what they want, when they need it. And I had some data here that 59% um, of Americans believe that offline word of mouth is highly credible. So what people are saying to each other after they have an experience, whether it's in person or online, is really important. And then 49% say online word of mouth. So all the comments and so forth are credible. So we know people are talking and it's people like us that we trust. Well, that's excellent. I think trust is rising in virtually every channel except for maybe uh, Americans' trust in the government these days, um, if today's, uh, today's polls were to be believed. Uh, that, that's fantastic. Um, uh, we've talked about a lot today. We've covered a lot of things. Is there anything that I've missed? Are there any points you'd like to add? I just uh, would like to add that um, it's incumbent on us as marketers to continually uh, look and research at what the new trends are, what people are doing. Kelly uh, mentioned seniors in Facebook. My my mom is 80 years old. She's on Facebook all the time. My 20-year-old daughter has left Facebook and is on Instagram all the time. So we have to you know, do the research, keep abreast of what the trends are by audience, and figure out how to reach each audience with the right message through the right platform. It is amazing how that uh, generation, I have children the same age as, as yours, and they're walking away from uh, from Facebook and more to Instagram. So uh, it'll be inter interesting to see what the Instagram strategies are uh, over time. Um, Diane, it will be, Kelly? I think, I, I was going to say, it will be even more interesting to see uh, what comes after Instagram because, uh, you know, there's a huge uh, number of people using Snapchat and um, you just know there's going to be more and more things like that coming up 
as people become more concerned about privacy and um, confidentiality and how long your posts live forever <laughs> online. I think that the the biggest thing we can do as as marketers is not forget to do the basic research to find out what our consumers want and then to work with our leadership to make sure we're delivering that. And whether it's through marketing or whether it's through the um, personal experience, I think that's what Sharp Healthcare has built its brand on, and I think that's what many healthcare organizations are doing. And marketing, in my mind, can influence a lot of the healthcare delivery service by providing them the right data and the insights into how people are thinking and behaving. I think you hit on an incredibly important set of points. Despite the rapid change in channels, the basics of communication, I think, have remained the same, and it is the authenticity uh, and reliability of the information and the organization or the people who are putting that uh, information into into the public's hands. So I think uh, for anybody I'd be counseling in communications, I'd go back to the basics that I learned many, many years ago. I want to thank all three of you for taking time out today. This was an incredibly interesting discussion for me, uh, and I'm looking forward to continuing it over time. Uh, again, my guests here today, uh, Diane Lofgren, John Shahomsky and Kelly Faley. Thank you so much. I want to thank everyone for participating in today's Market Edge radio show. Diane Lofgren, Kelly Faley, and John Shahomsky of Sharp Healthcare. Tune into this new episode on Tuesday at noon Eastern on Webmaster Radio, or you can find our archives on their website or on iHeartRadio, iTunes, or Stitcher. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.